This is episode two of the Online Course Guy podcast. I am Jacques Hopkins, the Online Course Guy, and this is the show where we show you how to turn your hobby or passion into a profitable online course. I was able to do just that with the piano, and now, after being an engineer for eight years, I'm proud to say I support my family with the income from my online piano course. I'm also joined by Nate Dodson, who is hard at work on his own online course. How's it going today, Nate? It's going great. Excited to be here. Glad you uh, made it back here for episode two. Uh, man, you know, I haven't told you this yet, but I'm not exactly a podcasting expert at this point. And um, my my audio settings were not right on the first one. I haven't done anything with my audio settings, so hopefully mine are okay. <laughs> well, you know, the problem is, is that I wasn't recording at a high enough rate. Okay. You know, I know a lot. I've done a lot of like video production. And so I know about that, but I'm not, I'm not too much of an expert on audio. I didn't really think much about it, but apparently the software I'm using to record this defaults to a very, very low quality. And I hired somebody at Upwork to just do the best they could with it. And so I'm certainly going to use it. You know, you know, if somebody's listening to this at this point, episode two, hopefully they've listened to episode one and hopefully they can see the improvement in episode two over episode one. Awesome. You know, I'm not perfect. No, everything, everything's a learning, takes a learning curve in life. So, so what's been going on the past week with your online course? Past week, I have opened up my new funnel. Uh, pretty excited about that. It's this, the course uh, is, I've made a couple course improvements the last few weeks, some little things, just, just that. So the new funnel is congruent with how I wanted to pitch it. But uh, yeah, other than that, I've just got this funnel that you helped me create and it's a ton of emails and a few videos, free videos. And it's, I've got some people entered. I had probably at least 20 something people in the last day and a half to get started on it. Awesome. That's exciting. So to start with, you know, when I was, when I was just starting out, I heard that word funnel and I had no idea what it even meant, right? So can you just kind of explain what that word funnel means? Yeah, funnel is essentially the customer journey. You need to look, you know, customers, they find you one way and that is their first experience with you. So they're entering your funnel and we call it a funnel because the ultimate goal of building a business is to make sales and help people. And so you're trying to move them towards the objective of purchasing something from you to support your business and, and doing, taking the highest leverage action that you tried to create so they can help themselves improve in some way. And when people first enter your world, they have all these different objectives and, you know, you don't know a lot about them yet. So it's, you've got to kind of think about it as, you know, dwindling, like moving them down steadily towards some goal. And, and, uh, that's essentially what a sales funnel is in my opinion. Yeah, that's very well explained. The only other thing I would add is one of the reasons it's called a funnel is this is audio. People are seeing our hands move, but is that as you get further and further, um, in the steps in the funnel, less and less people are converting right at the beginning. You know, typically the beginning of a, of a funnel for like an online course would be some sort of lead magnet. You get an email address, they get something in return. So a lot of people are going to say yes to that right away. And then your next thing may be an email with some video. Well, not everybody that opted in are actually going to click on that video, even less people. And then there's yeah. something else after that, something else after that. Eventually you're asking for the sale and only a small percentage of those people that originally entered your funnel are going to take you up on that offer, but that's okay. That's why you want to get as many people into the top of the funnel as possible. 
Yeah. You mentioned that you're kind of launching a new funnel for your online course. Uh, at a very, very high level, what did your funnel look like before and, and what does it look like now? Okay. Before my funnel was in MailChimp, which is an autoresponder program or email marketing program. And, uh, it has an automation feature so you can create emails to automatically go out on a certain schedule when people sign up for your email list. And so before my funnel was when someone would sign up for my email list, they would get introduced to my course over the first five emails that were spaced out a couple days apart. And it was just sales copy. It was just written, you know, telling them, telling them all about it and what comes with it and no videos. Uh, besides on the sales page that I would direct them to. And then that was it. So yeah, my new funnel is with a different email marketing automation program called active campaign. And it's a little more sophisticated than MailChimp currently, but MailChimp is building a lot of features in, uh, I'm sure they'll get there soon, but essentially I, I could create almost all of my funnel on MailChimp, how I have it set up. Yours is definitely more sophisticated than mine, but the main difference is that I can hook it in with uh, another software program called Deadline Funnel, which creates a deadline, which creates a, a, a individual launch for each person that joins my list. So they they get an open period where they can purchase the course, and then it closes down, and they literally cannot purchase it when they click on the links anymore. And that's the main difference between my new funnel, but it does have more emails and gives them more free content before I really dive into selling the course. Yeah, cool. It's, and I'm excited to see what, uh, what happens with this. So I'm sure you're going to, you're going to keep me well posted on how it goes as people are just entering that funnel, but it's, um, it's like, uh, between a 77 and maybe 12 day uh, sales cycle, I think. Right. Yeah. I think the first people, I opened it yesterday. I think the first day that people can start purchasing is Monday or Tuesday. So we'll see if anything starts to roll in. Yeah. And I'm hoping I would love to get, I'm setting my sights low. I mean, three sales a week would be pretty amazing. Three or four sales a week, uh, $900, $1,200 a week would be pretty awesome. So man, if we'll see how it does. you're not doing any paid advertising, if you do that, that would be insane results. Hoping so. And, and yeah, I do highly recommend those two pieces of software you mentioned. I have a affiliate link set up. Um, you can find active campaign at the online course guy.com slash active campaign and deadline funnel at the online course guy.com slash deadline funnel. If you want to get more information about those, uh, those products. So, um, in the past week I've been busy as well. What have you been up to? <laughs> Well, I'm ramping up Facebook ads. So, uh, you know, Google AdWords has been very successful for me. I've recently hired a Facebook guy and, uh, those are, those are going pretty well. Uh, it's, it's a different form of marketing because we're interrupting people and what they're already doing as opposed to marketing to people that are searching for what I offer, but we're mostly doing video ads. So we just kind of took some existing videos I had on my YouTube channel and uploaded those to Facebook. And, yep. uh, and it's going pretty well so far, getting a lot of leads, got a, getting a lot of people entering the funnel, not as people, you know, are following through on the end of the funnel that come through Facebook because they're not quite as good of a lead. Uh, but overall it's going pretty well. So we're doing that. Um, also looking to, uh, outsource Bing ads, 
um, about to start that because I'm doing Bing ads, but, but at a very low level and my audience actually skews older. I don't know what the uh, typical age range of your audience is or your, your, you know, ideal customer, but mine is like 55 years old plus. And I know uh, that Bing, um, Bing is Microsoft search engine, their audience skews older as well. So I think Bing would be a really good platform for me. Like I said, I am doing a little bit of Bing, but I'm doing it myself and that's never a good thing. So the people that are doing my AdWords stuff are, are going to be taking over my Bing account as well. So I'm excited to see where that goes. On Facebook, are you just retargeting people that have like watched your YouTube videos or landed on your website but not opted in, or are you creating new audiences of trying to get new customers? Good question. So what, what's been most successful so far is what they call lookalike audiences. So I've uploaded my existing database of customers. And Facebook will intelligently determine, you know, key characteristics among those people and build an audience for me based on that. So it'll just, it'll market to people that it feels like are similar to the people that have already bought from me. So that's really cool. And that's, that's the advantage of Facebook is advanced things like that. So even though you're, you're doing interruptive marketing, you're still able to really target down to, uh, to hopefully the right people at the right time. Also hired somebody to work on SEO for me because AdWords is so successful because of people searching for those terms, but I still get a very low percentage of the clicks that are coming from people searching for these terms like online piano lessons, adult piano lessons, learn piano fast. I'm showing up at or very near the top because of AdWords, but I'm still getting a low percentage of clicks. I don't know about you, but I typically ignore the ads when I'm searching for something for Google. And uh, honestly, a lot of times I have a, a an ad block turned on too. Yeah, me too. So that's part of it. Um, so I'm thinking if I can rank for those same search terms organically and have the organic result and the AdWords result, hopefully I'm going to get significantly more clicks. And those, those should be very, very good, high quality leads entering my funnel. So do you then have like a blog section of your website set up where you're basically just like putting up your YouTube videos or are you writing, just writing articles about learning the piano? What's the, how does that look? Well, my, my SEO game is very weak at this point, right? So I, Anything I'm doing currently, I wouldn't, the, the only thing significant I've got going on with SEO is, is YouTube SEO. So if you go to YouTube and you type learn piano fast, my video is first. Even if you go to Google and type learn piano fast, my YouTube video is first. Um, yeah. Also, if you go to YouTube and type in how to play piano, my vi I have a video that's like fourth or something. And that's a very high volume search uh, term. Yeah. Other than that, I'm really getting almost no, um, no results in, inside of Google, inside of search engines from, for links to my website. And so I do have a blog that has about two posts on it. I do have some videos I've put on there, but that's part of the reason I I've hired somebody and I, and I didn't go cheap with it. I hired somebody that's hopefully, you know, I'm, I'm going to be paying, getting what I'm paying for here. And they're going to direct me on, on that. They're going to be writing some of the content for me. I'm going to be writing some of the content, but that's part of it is getting a, a good, you know, solid blog going, getting some good content out there, both text and videos. So that's part of the strategy going forward. Okay. Yeah. I don't know much about SEO. I subscribed to some guy's email list recently 
I think his name's Brian Dean. He owns, he has a website called Backlinko. I don't know if you've ever heard of that, yeah. but it's about SEO. I heard him on a podcast talk about how he launched his online course the first time to a very small list, like two or 300 people and did a hundred grand. And now he does like million dollar course launches. And it's like all based around SEO, writing really good articles, uh, really in depth, trying to write the best articles and then sending them off to a bunch of other people that have linked to similar articles. That's so pretty elaborate strategy. I haven't dived too far into that, but it's definitely something I'm going to look to explore in the future. That's interesting. You know, it's stories like that are, are part of the reason I wanted to, to create an online course, but it's, uh, that just seems almost superhuman numbers like that. You know, it just seems maybe it's fake. I don't know. Um, and I don't necessarily even aspire to, to have numbers like that. You know, I want to continue to sell my online course. I want to impact people and I want to support my family from it. And I want to live comfortably. I don't necessarily need to make $5 million a year or anything like that. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I am having a, a, a very good month. I'm on, on pace to have the best month uh, ever with my business. And when the end of the month comes, I will share those numbers, but we're in the middle of May right now. So in a couple of weeks, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll share the month's numbers. Hopefully they, they stay at this pace. But, uh, let's, let's go ahead and move on to the topic of, of the day, Nate, uh, which is why, why create an online course? And we started to talk about this at the end of last episode. Uh, I jotted down a few little, you know, talking points. Um, there's a lot of reasons why to create an online course. And it's easier yeah. to say, it's easier to give reasons when you have a successful online course. Yep. So I'm excited to hear what your reasons are. <laughs> and I'm, and I know you've got plenty as well. So, yeah. um, I'll get the ball rolling here. I mean, first and foremost, passive income, passive income is super cool. Uh, I, I was an engineer for eight years. You know, I was, I was on, it was an hourly position. So whatever hours I worked, I got paid for. And it was cool because, um, because it was an hourly position, I could work more than 40 hours. And, and, and even when I did that, I still got paid the same for an hour, whether it was, you know, the first hour of the week or the 80th hour of the week. I know a lot of people on salary, um, when they work extra, it's just part of the job. So that was cool, but it was still like literally trading my time for dollars. And there's only so much time in the week, in the month, in the day. And, uh, and so I was limited in that way. So with passive income, I can wake up in the morning and I can make a sale or two, or I'm, uh, I'm out for a walk with my daughter and I just made 300 bucks or, or things like that. It's, it's just the coolest. Uh, I think passive income is the coolest thing. And I'm sure you agree. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So going along with that to, to an extent, freedom of location. All right. So I, uh, I can pretty much work anywhere. Um, usually, usually need an internet connection, but I can tether to my phone if I have to. Um, I, I like being able to, the freedom to just get up and go if I want to, uh, before, you know, when you're working a job, you got to make sure you have enough vacation stored up. You got to make sure you have the proper approvals. You have to make sure all your projects are in order to where you can leave them. And so, you know, the, the best, the best example of this is last summer, my wife and I, and, and our daughter who it was about 10 months at the time we packed up, we went to France for three months. 
we just wanted to see what it was like to live in France. Not that, that we really wanted to do it long term, but we just wanted to really soak up the culture. My wife and I had, had spent some time in Europe, but it's in like one and two week bursts here and there. And you don't really get to, you know, experience it in those short amount of times. And when you go around, you know, Europe, you're, you want to see as much as possible while you're over there. Cause you have to yeah. take an eight hour flight across the ocean. And so you bounce around these cities. So we just said, okay, let's go one city. It was a small city. Let's live there for three months. We got an Airbnb and it was incredible. I worked about three hours a day while my daughter napped. And other than that, we were just having a great time. You know, that's probably about how much French people work in a day anyway. <laughs> yep. That's awesome. I mean, that's, I think that's a huge reason why so many people want to create, you know, not just online courses, but info products in general is because they are so passive and allow you to be location independent. That's a huge thing. Everyone's got the itch to travel and, yeah. you know, you can even, you can even leverage like countries so you can be earning everything in us dollars and you could be living in guatemala which for 30 40 thousand dollars a year you can it's like you're earning a hundred and twenty thousand dollars in the us so it's that's pretty cool too you're not it's not like a products online products business where if you move to guatemala now all of a sudden you have to ship everything from there and your your shipping overhead just quadrupled and it ruins your whole business with information products that just boom, that file goes out to your, the link goes out to everyone and you can do it from anywhere. That's a really good point, Nate. I mean, cause I, you know, I, I do a lot of my sales on the phone, so I'm talking to these people and, and, you know, not necessarily, I'm not necessarily talking to people in third world countries, but I do talk to people with uh, poor exchange rates in terms of us dollars so when i talk to somebody in canada or australia or new zealand uh you know and i'm pitching a 300 dollars product they're like well you know that's that's 400 450 dollars in my in my currency but if it were the other way around you know if i was the australian guy or if i was living in australia or new zealand and i was selling this product and you know i was making it in us dollars my, my dollar would go so much further so i've thought about that for sure oh, yeah. and for the right person that's an incredible opportunity i've um, i could live anywhere at this point and i'm comfortable with where where we're living um in the yeah. united states yeah. specific, our specific location in the united states but i'm sure there's a lot of people out there that would be open to moving to you know one of the places i just mentioned or you know places like guatemala philip i mean your dollar's going to go even further in those places philippines yeah thailand you could be living on a tropical beach uh in a you know semi third world country and just you know be living like a king it's it's yep it's unbelievable yep all right so next on the list uh, i have is ego stroke so it's uh it's cool i mean it's it's really cool that you know i've got this product out there and that people are buying it from me i mean that's just like you know, I put in I've put in a lot of hard work to get to get to this point to have that out there, but that's just really cool. Like I'm proud of myself. Like I don't I don't mean to be like, you know, too cocky about it, but I, I would I would hate to not even mention it. I mean, I'm I'm proud that I created this thing that people are actually interested in all over the world. Yeah, validation feels good. It's it's a primary driver of a lot of people's motivation, and you know, you're directly interacting with the marketplace. And if you had a if you're weren't creating value, you wouldn't be getting paid. Bingo. Yep. All right. So next, um, I have fun stories. So like 
I, uh, with my business, I talk to a lot of these people. It's not just, it's not just, uh, coming through, you know, about half my sales come on the phone, half through just web pages, but the people I get to talk to are interesting, you know, and I get to, um, I get to hear a lot of interesting backgrounds. I get to hear from a lot of different, interesting people. I've got a couple of examples. One of my best, one of my favorite phone calls was a couple of months ago. And it was, it was these, uh, these ladies, it was, it was twins and they both were on the phone and they were just firecrackers. Like they were just, (laughs) just nonstop talking. And they were huge fans of mine, which is cool. You know, it's part of go walking through this, uh, funnel process is they really get to know you and you're teaching through this process. So even if they don't buy from you, they still gain a lot of valuable knowledge, but they were just talking yeah. about me and my program. And they were even talking about, you know, how cute my baby was. Cause I, you know, I showed that in, through, through the funnel, but, uh, but also the, their reason for wanting to buy my course was really cool. They live in uh, New York city. They own a Pilates studio. And have you ever seen that movie big with Tom Hanks? No. Well, you may, you may have, you may recognize like from commercials or YouTube or something, but in that movie, there was this scene where he goes to a toy store in New York and they have this giant piano and you just like jump on it. Does that ring a bell at all? No, (laughs) you're no help at all. No, I'm too terrible. Anything pop culture. So yeah, well, it's, it was a very popular movie. I think in the eighties. So I'm sure most of the people listening will, um, will know what I'm talking about, but it's this like giant piano. Each key is like almost a foot wide probably. Yeah. And so, uh, and Tom Hanks, you know, plays it, plays on it and whatever. Well, anyway, they bought one of these pianos at the Pilates studio and they wanted to create their own class at their studio that incorporated this piano that was like exercise, but also fun. And so they bought it and then they're like, well, now what do we do with it? And they actually hired this high profile composer in New York city to help them like compose little songs that would be part of the class. And they were telling me, they're like, yeah, he just, it was just, you know, he was making it too complicated, which is what, you know, normal piano teachers do. And that's why I'm successful is that I keep it as simple as possible. So they were, they, they just, it just wasn't working out with him. That's not what they needed. And so they started looking around for, they're like, maybe we could just kind of learn some basics on our own and put the stuff together. So that that's why they wanted to buy my course is for this giant piano in their Pilates studio. And so they bought my most expensive option. They were willing to pay me twice because there were two of them, but I was like, you know, y'all don't need to pay me uh, twice. Just one copy is fine. But it was, it was really fun. And uh, I, I hear from them every now and then about how it's going and um, they have implemented some stuff and the class is going and I really hope to get some sort of like testimonial video from them because they're so interesting to hear from. And also like if they can get the giant piano on their, in the camera, that'd be really cool too. Yeah. That is so random. I don't think you could have ever guessed that would have happened. Yeah. And then the other, the other thing is yet just yesterday, one of my phone calls yesterday, um, was from with a singer songwriter. And before the call, she had sent me her link to her SoundCloud and you can, I mean, she's a beautiful voice. She's singing, she's playing the guitar. Um, I, I don't know to what level of success she's had at this point in her career, but she just really wants to play piano as well. She's already a very talented musician, but wants to add piano to it. So it's just a, a cool opportunity to be able to talk to people like that and yeah. be able to help people like that. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 
All right, so next, uh, I really enjoy working for myself. Um, that's not something I've really experienced before getting into this. You know, I worked, uh, I worked for somebody for eight years, and now I work for myself. So what that means is I control everything. Um, I, I, um, I'm basically a solopreneur. I've, I outsource a lot of stuff. So I've got, you know, my Facebook guy, I've got my AdWords guys. Those people aren't just work. They're just working a couple hours a week for me. It's not like they're my employee. I do have one, I do have a virtual assistant that works for me full time. So I, you could say I have one employee, even though technically she's still a contractor, but um, she works full time for me as well. But I'm not I'm not the type of person that wanted to create a business that has all these people working for me um, because it's just less stuff to deal with. Like I want a business that's as simple as possible. And then yeah. in terms of working for myself, I like being able to say exactly what I'm going to be doing on any given day. Like I get to steer the ship. And if I want to take off tomorrow, then I get to take off tomorrow. And I understand that the repercussions of that, maybe I'm not, you know, the things I'm sacrificing by taking, um, taking off. But if I determine that the reasons for taking off are going to outweigh what I'm going to be losing, then that's fine. And I don't have to answer to anybody else. Yeah, this huge, that's huge for me too. I mean, I got sick, sick last week with the flu a week and a half ago and just, you know, we just took the basically six days off and didn't do much and just sat around. You don't have to feel guilty of calling a boss three days in a row, calling in sick. I mean, that I always hated doing that. It always made me feel guilty. So it's nice not doing that now. Yeah, my boss used to, my boss never took a day off. He would come, even when he did get sick on rare occasion, he'd still come to the office. So, yeah. I, yeah, I felt terrible, like, calling in sick because I knew that's not something he would do. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think a lot of people have that guilt. <laughs> All right. So, the next thing I have is that, you know, you get to, what, what we're talking about with an online course is something where you're teaching other people something that you know how to do, right? So, you're you're sharing something with literally the entire world, right? Or it's got the potential yeah. to be shared with the entire world. So the fact that people in, I mean, obviously people all over the United States are learning piano through something I put together. Like I'm literally teaching them how to play piano, but also Canada and Australia and New Zealand. And I've sold courses to Mongolia and Saudi Arabia and, um, and Brazil and Argentina and, um, Japan. And it's just like people from literally all over the world are learning something that I'm teaching them. And that is, I mean, that's, that's so cool. Oh yeah. Do you have, do you have a, a, a big number of countries you've sold to so far? Yeah, I have quite a few. That's for sure. I haven't like looked into the numbers, but I'll, people will be in the Facebook group that comes with the course and they're from a bunch of people from different countries in there. Um, mostly, mostly like you said, Canada, New Zealand, Australia, and then just some random ones down South America and random European countries. So the last thing that I have written down here is that you get to put your own spin on something. And when people are thinking about creating an online course, they'll look up and see if anybody's doing it yet. So for example, if I would have done that when I, when I had the idea for an online piano course. I looked up to see if anybody was doing it yet. And there's a lot of people doing it. There's a lot, a lot, a lot of people doing it, but that's not a reason to not do it. That is a reason to do it because it shows that there is a market for that thing. And it gives you the opportunity to make it your own. 
right? So yeah. my piano course, I haven't taken every every online course out there on piano, but I'm pretty sure mine is the only one like it. Um, I was able to put my own unique spin on it, and um, and it's my voice, it's my it's my teaching method, it's my curriculum. You know, I made the curriculum, I designed it. It's piano, which is this broad thing that a lot of people know how to do, but it's my specific way of teaching it, showing it, helping you learn it. That's very cool, and that's that's necessary too. I think when you're when you're getting into this, you kind of have to create your own niche in a certain sense. You have to position, be able to position yourself as being the only solution for that thing specific. So, you know, for you, it might be it might be the only solution for your exact method of learning it in 21 days. Like, you know, you have to kind of create your own market. Yeah. So, what do you think, Nate? Do you have anything to add to this list? Yeah, I totally agree with all those things about the lifestyle and creating something that's, you know, pass somewhat passive income or residual income. You can sell it over and over again. Um, for me, it comes down to helping people and making money are the main reasons why I created an online course. Uh, the more people you can help, the more money you, you usually make too. Helping people just feels good. It's it's a way to contribute to the world, and uh, you know, there's, I think there's, there's reasons why an online course is a good information product. Information products in general are have a lot of the same benefits built into them that you talked about, as far as you know, passive income and being able to work from anywhere. Um, you know, low low startup costs, low overhead. I'm selling my course in the. The software programs are like my only expense, mainly. But when I get to where you are, I know I'll be hiring people to help me with ads and all, and the ad expenses and all that kind of stuff. But you, you can start a, this. You can start it with very little money. That's a really, really good point that I hadn't really thought of. I um, I have a cousin who I'm pretty close with. Who we're pretty much the same age, and we started businesses at pretty much the same time in terms of, I guess, you know, my piano in 21 days stuff. He started a construction company, yeah. and he needed like $200,000 to get started. Yeah. Now, fortunately, his uh this was pretty convenient, but his best friend was a starting uh NFL offensive lineman, so his uh his source of funding was his best friend. Um but you know, I guess his friend kind of owns part of the company now because of that, but that's just not the way that works for this type of business. Like it costs ten dollars a year to register a domain. Um, you have to get your website hosted, which is you can spend like four dollars a month on that. And then um, if you, you know, I recommend most people do all the work themselves at the beginning, yeah. one to save on costs if you don't have any revenue coming in, and yeah. two is it's good. It's you're you're going to be an, a better outsourcer later if you have done these tasks at the beginning. Yeah. Do them and record them somehow. Yeah. Build yeah. systems around them. Yep. So, so there's just, like you said, there's just very little startup costs. You, you don't have a lot to lose by going down this route. Yeah. And you can do it. You can do it in your spare time, you know, after working a day job from, from five to nine, uh, rather than a lot of jobs, you know, you kind of have to be like, if you're trying to start a job being a consult social media consultant and you're already working nine to five, well, that's the time period where you would have had to meet with clients. And it's like that for, it's like that for most, uh, businesses, you have to be there during business hours. Whereas this you can work on and do everything 
at whatever hours you want, four in the morning if you want. That's a great. So that's really cool. But I when you know information products are clearly awesome in the things you talked about and uh, and all those different benefits. But when deciding whether an online course is the right product to sell, I think why an online course? The reasons are probably because people are courses are just a good way to teach that thing. People are used to learning that thing through courses traditionally, like you know piano lessons. It's traditionally taught through a course, so creating an online creating an online course just kind of makes sense for a piano. Or if you're you're teaching people how to do something and they just have a ton of different questions and it's a fairly complex activity to learn, then I think making an online course makes sense because um, you can just distill it all together and one answer all their questions. Uh, and and the other cool thing about why you would want to create an online course is that the, the major reason people buy stuff is based on their status, like increasing and decreasing their status in life, how they feel about themselves and how other people feel about them. So you could sell any number of information products, but people, when they buy a course or a class, it's just like, I'm taking a class. I'm improving myself. I am learning like in our culture, taking a class has just always been a good thing. So it's just an easy buy for someone to rationalize. And especially like if you're, you're, I'm selling mine for $297, you have one for $500. A lot of people that buy that will need to talk to their spouse before they purchase something that high amount. And if you go to your spouse, like, um, click funnels, that one of the softwares that I use, he has, they have a couple different products and one of them is called funnel university where they just go through everything and teach you all about sales funnels. And another product's called funnel scripts, which is like these, these templates that you can paste your sales copy into. Okay. Which one do you think would be easier to sell to your spouse? I want to do this funnel university where they teach me everything I need to know about sales funnels and I educate myself. Or I want to buy this thing called funnel scripts. There's these templates and blah, blah, blah. It just doesn't, it's just not easy. It's not easier to break, easy to break that barrier. Courses and training are just well accepted in our society. That's why I think an online course is a good thing to, to go into as well. Um, and then I just think it's kind of the future of education. It's where things are going. It's college is slowly going to start to die. I have a feeling just because it's so inefficient. You have people teaching economics that are crappy professors all around the country, hundreds of them where you could just with, with the power of the internet, you could just some of the top five or six, you know, could, could be reaching everyone in the world. And, uh, you wouldn't have all these people that are spending th hundreds of thousands of dollars in their education and getting second rate educations from, from people. And it's, I think there's a lot of statistics proving that this is kind of happening in our society, especially in the United States. Uh, college is the most expensive it's ever been. I talked about this last time and you know, the, the, how much a college grad makes is like the lowest it's ever been in, in today's dollars. And there's a company called masterclass. Have you ever heard of masterclass masterclass.com? Matt, is that the one where they get really, really, really famous people to teach things? Yep. Man, so yeah, just I'm, I'm, before you say what you're going to say, I know them because they reached out to me, not because I'm some famous person, but because they were about to put a piano course together. And I forget the name of the guy. I didn't immediately recognize who it was. But yeah, what you're talking about is they have like um, 
uh, Kevin Spacey teach acting. And yep, they have, Serena Williams. Uh, yeah. And uh, Gordon Ramsay teach cooking. Well, yep. a guy from Masterclass reached out to me and was like, hey, we're about to put this course together. And we really we really like the like the format of your piano videos. And they were just wondering, like, what software I was using to get the, the lighted keys and all that. And um, and so, you know, I shared that information with him. And he was like, you were like, so you were like, wire me the hundred grand and uh, <laughs> I'll get you guys all the information you need. <laughs> Man, I don't know. I didn't, I mean, I'm, I'm not trying to milk stuff like that. I mean, that'd be, I don't know. He, he did say like, you know, let me know if you want to take a class and I'll get you in for free, yeah. but I don't think it's very expensive. So anyway, that's yeah. my note on masterclass. What you got? Yeah. And I, if you, if you just look at the, you know, investor money in Silicon Valley money and where it's going, they can, that they're, those people all, all out there in Silicon Valley, California are future predictors. They're always looking towards the future and they're trying to put their money into where, where things are heading. And that masterclass.com, they, uh, they secured a $4.5 million series a round like a, two years ago. Then they did a $15 million series B round. And then just this February, they did a $35 million series C round. So they're like, people are pouring a crap load of money into there. And on their website, it says that, or on a, an article I read, it said that 80% of their students, it's their first ever online course they've taken. So it's just, they're advertising like on major platforms. And, you know, if, if people out there are investing big time in it, you know that it's kind of like a hot topic right now. That's my, my, my main reasons why I think an online course would be something to really look into building. Man, I should have charged those guys a consulting fee, huh? Yeah. At least a million. Could have got in on that. Oh, man. Well, look, I, I had a couple of a couple of more thoughts come up as you were talking here. So, you know, I know both of us have young families. I mean, my, uh, my I was working full time when my daughter was born, and I, I was able to take... Um, about a week off, I didn't get paternity leave or anything, but I, you know, had some uh, vacation time take off, uh, built up. So I took about a week off when my daughter was born, and then I had to go back to work. So I had to, you know, leave first thing in the morning. I come up five or six in the evening. My wife was has been with my daughter all day, and then you know she mostly slept, so I didn't really get to see her awake very much at first, but. Yeah. Um, I was able to quit. I think she was, she would have been about five or six months old when I was able to finally quit. So, and now she's almost two. So most of her life now I have been working from home for myself. And so I've been able to spend even more time with her and even just being able to see her at different points throughout the day is yeah. cool. just for like a minute you know, just to say, Hey, um, yeah. when they get back from, you know, the park or whatever. And that's yeah. something I wouldn't be able to do if I was at the office. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, I, that's the same for me too. Family is like one of my, is my number one focus in life. And that's another major reason why I wanted to get into this, into this line, this line of work. Um, you know, money's not my primary motivation, but, but family definitely is. And money kind of, I've just realized it just gives you more freedom, especially once you have enough, like, as you know, my live, uh, the podcast you listened to that I was on, our living expenses are very low. We keep them really low. I mean, I got a raggedy t-shirt from an old job on. I just don't buy stuff I don't need at all. But being together as a family is major for us. So we eat three meals together almost every single day now since I've been able to quit my job. And that's huge for me. And I typically only work till like one or two. And then we'll sometimes we'll do farm work together as a family out in the yard in the afternoon or in the evening after dinner. But yeah, we're together a lot now and it's, it's awesome. I see all of most of my friends besides the, you know, stay at home parent, 
they're just missing it, man. They're just totally missing it. Just the golden years, your kids being home and it's super sad. There's a post on wait, but why that shows how much time you get to spend with your kids and how it just like, after they move out of the house, you spent 95% of the time you were going to spend with them their whole lives already. Like you only have 5% left after they move out of the house or oh something like goodness. that. Wow. Yeah. It's a really interesting post. And I saw that a couple of years ago when it came out and it definitely hit home. So I'm trying to spend a lot of time with them and making a lot of memories, recording videos, going on adventures. It's, it's what it's all about for me. Yeah, that's awesome. And the, uh, the other thing I um, thought of that I just kind of wanted to add was, an online course, if you already have a business, an online course could be a great addition to that business in terms of maybe showing authority or also being the entry point to your funnel. Yep. So if you provide a service to somebody, so a great example, right? The people that I currently have hired to, to manage my AdWords account, the reason that what sold the, the you know that company for me because everybody does AdWords services. What sold that company is that I took their online course. I when I wanted to try to implement AdWords, I went on Udemy, which is a which is a place that um, just has a ton of online courses that that um, you can host your course yeah. on Udemy, and we'll we'll talk about that in a future future episode. You know, yeah. going with a platform like Udemy versus your own website, pros yeah. and cons of each. But I went to Udemy, searched up AdWords. This was the highest rated course. It was like twenty hours long. It was super super well put together. Great information. Just I had no idea what all AdWords was capable of. It was incredible, and I implemented mm -hmm. to AT what he talked about in that course and started getting results immediately. It was so cool. And um, he had a lot of information on how to optimize and like tweak once you're, once you're, once you have your campaigns up and running, then you need to get, look at the data and then you could optimize what you've done. Well, at that point I'm, I was kind of burned out on it and I was like, well, you know, it's successful now. Let me get somebody else to do it now. And who else am I going to trust to do this besides the people that help me get the results to begin with. So um, yeah. I'm sure that they had that in mind when they created that course because they are not, um, I doubt the online course is the main source of their revenue for their company. I'm sure yeah. these AdWords services and these other PPC pay-per-click services are. So yeah. it's a great entry to the funnel. It worked really well for me yeah. and it, and it showed that authority. Yeah, it could be, a, you could create a free course that if you're, say you're a, have a client business where you have like a social media, you have an email marketing company where you help restaurants reach out, even do more email marketing or something like that. You could create a free course online. It's just like five or six videos, put it together with some software that like the same ones we use, you know, click funnels. And, uh, and you could just give that to people as a gift, you know, this online course is a gift. I show, show you guys how to do this and, uh, you can take this information and do it yourself and have, and have, start making more money and get more customers and have a great time. Or, you know, if you go through this and you see it's all, you see it's cool, but you don't have the time we can do it for you. Like it's yeah. a, a whole course could be your lead magnet. Yeah, exactly. That could be your lead magnet, but, and also for this to work, you don't have to be in the marketing space. Like if for, for existing businesses, like we're talking about now, sure. I mean, I'm thinking about, um, you know, my, my sister owns kind of like this, this salon spa type thing. I mean, they could do a little online course on, on, you know, how to put your makeup on or something. I, I don't know about that type of stuff, but, and then if it's really good, you know, maybe next time they go into your, 
your salon to get their makeup done or something. Yeah. Um, I'm just spitballing ideas here, but you yeah. know, when I, I worked at my engineering job, you know, we, we, we were, so we provided services. We were, we were contractors for like chemical plants and things like that. Well, we could have put an online course together on how to, um, how to do certain the certain things that we did in our services. We could have put courses together on that. So people could try to do it on their own and maybe it helped them, or maybe they would go through it and realize it's kind of complicated and they needed our services. I don't know. I'm just brainstorming yep. ideas here. Oh yeah. My dad, my dad owns a cleaning company in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Um, and he could create a course called how to clean your house fast and efficient, you know, and it could go through the process. They go, they get in there and they get the job done and he could send that out. He could try and get some publicity in the paper. Like it, it's some reporters interviewing him and they could put in the paper there, you know, go to our website. We have a free course to show you how to clean your house twice to get your house clean in twice the time and half the time. And, uh, that could be his lead magnet for, for getting people, getting new clients. They, come to his course and they go into the course, they watch a couple of his videos. They think they're cool. And then he has a, a section there that says, Hey, well, we can do this for you. If you don't have the time, 20% off your first clean, get signed up here. Love it. Yeah. Love online courses. Oh yeah. All right, Nate, you got anything else to add to this? Why conversation? No, that's about it. I mean, I, I talked about some kind of weird reasons why some of like the technicalities and you covered more of like the, the deep rooted reasons why motivations and personal life and, and helping people and stuff like that. And those are the fundamental reasons for me too, what it comes down to. But I just thought I'd drop some other weird random stuff in there. That's good. But what it Excellent. does come down to is building something that's more passive, an asset you own, you can sell it the rest of your life and you can spend more time with your family, have more freedom in your life. That freedom in your life is what it really comes down to. And in, in future episodes, we'll talk more about exactly how, you know, we'll talk more about the hows of, of how you can do some of this stuff. If somebody's listening who um, maybe they've never really thought about an online course and the, the, the it's starting to churn in your brain about, you know, maybe some of the things you can do or, uh, or if maybe you have an online course and it's not it's not providing the results you're looking for. You know, we're going to get into some of the specifics on how you can go through steps um, to make it successful for you. Cool. Uh, but we just wanted to talk about these like whys and, and our stories right at the beginning. Yeah. Well, what do so, we have coming up for the next one? Well, I don't know. We're going to, we're going to talk about that, Nate. We've got a whole list of possibilities. And, uh, and so we'll, uh, we'll see. It'll be a surprise. Episode three may be a surprise. Cool. Um, so that that's it for for episode two. So it was good chatting with you, Nate. Where where can everybody find you online? Well, microgreensfarmer.com is my my course. If you are interested in getting a little thing going, um, selling microgreens to chefs or at farmers markets, it's a fun little family activity. It's something you can do and keep your day job too, actually, which not a lot of businesses are are like that. But uh, if they're interested in that, getting trained, getting some side income, uh, they can go to microgreensfarmer.com and and then I have a, my website, personal website, natedodson.com. They can put in their email address there, and I just probably send out something. One or twice a year, just random stuff. But one day down the road, I'm going to get more into teaching some of this stuff I'm passionate about, online courses, info products, all that. So either of those places would be great. Great. And my, uh, my online course, my piano course is piano in 21 days.com. And also if you want help with your own online course, you can head to the online course guy.com and we'll see you next week. 
Well, that does it for episode two of the Online Course Guy podcast. And if you're ready to start putting together your own online course, I've got a free quick start guide waiting for you at theonlinecourseguy.com. In that guide, you will find the eight steps to turning your hobby into an online course. So go ahead and head over there, theonlinecourseguy.com, grab the guide, and I will see you next week for the next episode of this podcast.